right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us the managing partner, my colleague at Encore Real Estate Investment Services, Ryan Vinko. Ryan, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for coming on, looking sharp. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Watched quite a few episodes, and uh, you got, what are you, over 110 now? Yeah, something like that. That's right. We're on our way. Yeah, you're doing good. Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, listen, we've got a lot to talk about. You've got a ton of experience, a ton of value to share. But before we get into what you do and all the nuances in the commercial real estate market, I'd like you to tell our viewers, who is Ryan Vinko? Good good question. <laughs> um, Ryan Vinko, I was uh, you know, born and raised here in southeast Michigan. Uh, went to Michigan State University for my undergrad. Got a master's degree at Walsh College. Um, you know, took a job at uh, at the time it was called Bank One, which is now mm-hmm. Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase. I uh, did commercial real estate loans for eight years. Uh, Two thousand seven. You know, the writing was kind of on the wall with what was going to take place. Sure. And uh, it seemed like an opportune time to transition into you know learning a new a new craft. Um, so I, I joined up with uh, one of the big big real estate firms here in town, and uh, here we are, fourteen years later, and. Uh, still doing it. So, you know, just grinding out real estate deals. And uh, I have a daughter. She's 13. Uh, she plays softball, so I'm a softball dad. And, uh, you know, that's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, Encore has had some pretty incredible growth these last four years. What would you say are the contributing factors? Uh, you know, for, it, it's a multi-level answer there. I mean, first and foremost, uh, our work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's no surprise. There's no secret recipe, right? The the brokerage continuum is what it is. It's just you got to find the right people, treat them well, and and train them well, and they have to do what they say they're going to do and 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 work uh, work the continuum. I mean, it basically comes down to getting up in the morning, getting the office, and and doing what you say you got to do, and and getting it done. Uh, so, you know, we, we do have kind of a couple mantras, you know, we never give up. Uh, we say, you know, the deal doesn't die until the broker stops working it. You know, you've heard that one sure. quite a few times. Um, but, you know, we invest in the right people. We invest in people that have good work ethic, and uh, we try to treat them well. And uh, it's it's been a good, uh, a good recipe for success. Um, you know, my partners, Brandon, Brandon Hannon, Dino Bissarias, and I, we were very blessed uh, we were trained by some of the best in the industry. Um, we had some very good mentors, and we just try to, you know, repeat that recipe. And uh, basically, boils down to good work ethic. Yeah, no question about it. You know, one of the things I say, Ryan, is that I try not to just be a broker, right? right. I try to be an advisor. Right. I try to build relationships because ultimately, we're in a business here. It's not like residential real estate where there's a one-off here or one-off there. We're dealing with high net worth individuals that might own 5, 10, 15, 20 or more properties. Right. So what do you recommend or what advice do you have to keep clients and, and ensure repeat business? I think you've hit it on the head. I mean, um, number one is building you know, building good, solid relationships with your, your core clients and sure. making sure that you're doing what you say you're going to do for them. Um, you know, uh, also important is to show results, right? Yep. So if you execute well, build a good uh, good rapport and a good relationship with the client and, and do what you say you're going to do, um, you know, nine times out of ten, they're going to use you again, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, we concentrate on results, 
and and being being good to our clients and and doing what we say we're going to do. Keep it simple. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. So talk to us about what's going on right now. I mean, 2021. I don't even want to say anything. I want to hear from you. What does the year look like from your perspective as someone as, as a managing partner at at uh, you know premier brokerage across the country? You know, it's it doesn't make sense, but 2021 <laughs> has been a heck of a year. I mean, uh, you know, we did. Um, see a little bit of us you know we did better in 2020 than we did in 2019 uh even with covid in the picture um but we're on track 2021 amidst all this craziness of covid uh new administration inflation possible tax changes all this uncertainty and headwinds out in the market and yet here we are i think we're on track to um you know by june 30th we should do what we did for all of 2020 wow yeah wow so we're uh I actually wrote it down here. We've uh, we've closed 201 deals year to date versus 239 for all of 2020. Wow, we're not even halfway through. Right, we got six months and eight days to go. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. It's been been a wild ride. You know, one of the things I've heard over the last few years is that phrase of we don't know how much runways left, right? right? And and I feel like we've been saying that for a long time. What do you foresee in terms of the future of this market? Where do you think things are headed for 2022 and beyond? So. Like your analogy of the runway, we use a lot uh, baseball, right? Are we rounding third? Are we coming home? You know, are we halfway through the seventh inning? What, whatever. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, you've been around in, in the office, and we've been saying that interest rates have to go up for six years now, right? Yeah. Like they cannot go down, and yet they're still going down. And right. I think they dipped again yesterday. Um, so, you know. In this business, it's good to have an opinion and, and, a, and a voice when you're talking to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm telling my clients is, if you don't see yourself holding this asset for the next 12, 24 months, absolutely now is the time yes. to get an evaluation, see what the market can uh, can bring. I mean, everything we put on the market right now is a feeding frenzy. I mm-hmm. mean, there is a lot of buyers out there. There's a shortage of product because of the aforementioned uh, you know, headwinds that we're facing in the market with regard to possible tax changes, uh, 1031 things, and, and the COVID hangover, if you will. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're we're doing well. Um, volumes are up, and I think uh, I think 2020 should, 2022 should be, uh, you know, another good year. Um, but we, we're waiting for the market correction, and in my opinion, you know, rates will stay low for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you bring up a good point, Ryan. If, if any of our viewers own net lease property and uh, you'd like a, a complimentary no-obligation value proposal, by all means, reach out to us here at Encore Real Estate Investment Services. Uh, you know, if you haven't had one done in the last three months, the last six months, I can pretty much guarantee you it's outdated. And uh, if there is a major market shift, the time to know what your va- asset is worth is right now. You don't want to go into a situation not knowing what it's worth and then scrambling to keep up. Right. I always tell my clients, you know, this is not an obligation to sell your property. Right. We can have a much more fruitful conversation. We can strategize. We can, um, you know, let me do the analysis. Let me put together the information, and then at least we can make a good business decision, whether it's buy, you know, buy, sell, hold, or refinance. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, Ryan, we've got a lot of viewers that are involved, that are you know, have investments in their portfolio from all different types of asset classes. We have investors who have capital in the equities market. I'd like to zero in here on net lease investments. Why are single-tenant net lease investments specifically a secure bet, and how do they compare it to other types of real estate investment? Yeah, I think um, you know the, the buyer pool for single-tenant investments are, are, is very large right now because the private investor, the, 
the um, uh, independently wealthy non-real estate professional can buy a single tenant that lease real estate with relatively little or no maintenance, no, mm -hmm. um, you know, no obligations on the landlord's part. It's basically sure. what we call mailbox management, right? They collect their rent every month. Um, and if it's the right piece of real estate in the right location and it has some increases built into the lease and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a safe haven for your capital, um, not only from the cash on cash return, but you also get the benefit of depreciation and sure. And if there are increases in the rent, you obviously uh, can fight off inflation. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. It's a, definitely a great asset class to consider, very stable, very secure. And, and, and it's known, right? We yeah. have leases that have built-in rental escalations. You know on day very one what to expect. Very predictable cash flow. Very good. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way to say it. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about 1031 exchange. Um, you know, why is there such a difficulty right now in the market in terms of 1031 buyers having uh, challenges finding replacement property? I hear that all the time, Dan, and I just I don't think it's necessarily true. I think um, there is a lot of product on the market, and if you're working with a good advisor who sets expectations properly, mm -hmm. um, you know, buyers in a 1031 exchange are first and foremost trying to avoid paying taxes. Yes. So when you take that into consideration, the cash on cash or the cap rate becomes less important, and it's more about finding, uh, you know, setting your expectations correctly on you know, what, what credit tenant do I want? How much term do I want? What cap rate do I want to pay? You know, all those things have to be set in the, in the buyer's expectations on the front end. If the buyer's expectations are set on what the market conditions are and they're working with a good advisor, there actually is a lot of opportunities out there. Um, so I hear that a lot. You know, it, it is tough. I've been personally in the 1031 exchange and it does get a little stressful, but at the end of the day, First and foremost, your goal is to um, not avoid paying taxes, but push push the tax defer. burden down. Yeah, yeah, defer the taxes. Um, so, uh, you know, again, it's just about setting expectations to what the market will bear, and and there is good options out there, good locations, good leases, good credit. Um, are the prices a little higher now? Yes, but so is your debt, right? Mm -hmm. All the all the banks are very well capitalized right now. Yes, and the rates are very low. So. Um, you know, something that used to be a six cap, maybe you're buying it at five and a half, but you're also borrowing money at three, three and a quarter. You know, the, the spread is still there. And again, your main goal is to defer the taxes on your sale. Sure, sure. So, you know, as a broker, I also commonly hear investors who say, yeah, I'd love to sell the property. The, the market is at an all time, you know, high, but what am I going to do? I, I'm going to have to replace it with something else that's at a low cap rate. What other, I guess, um, you know, opposition, what other that's the wrong word. What other pushback do you have when a client comes to you and says, hey, Ryan, I want to sell this property. I want to capitalize. But at the same time, I'm going to have that issue trading into something else. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Uh, if the guy has, you know, a 20-year A-rated credit tenant on the beach in San Diego, and you're going to tell him I'm going to sell, you, you know, sell that for a two-cap and then put you into what? You know, uh, a six-cap dollar general in, in Idaho. I don't know. But... Um, so sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, if somebody had an answer to that rebuttal of what am I going to do with the money or what am I going to exchange into, um, you know, we'd be billionaires, right? Sure. But, um, you know, I joke with some clients, they say that to me, and I say, well, you know, you could take the money and throw one hell of a party, you know, <laughs> have the whole family go on a cruise. Um, but, you know, for the most part, 
you know, especially when you get in these second and third generation owners where the leases are churning, you get in that uh, five-year rut, sometimes it makes sense to get out of a, a three-year family dollar to go into a 10 or 20-year Chick-fil-A, right? Sure. You know, the cash flow might be different, but your security and your your strategy might be different. Yeah, so sure. So you might have security in a new product. Also, in some cases, uh, an investor might have built up phantom equity, right? And they're, they want to pull that out and then leverage that. And that's one of the beauties of the 1031 is if somebody has gains, let's say, of 500000 or a million dollars, they can pull that out and then they can re-leverage it. Right. So, you know, obviously a step up in basis and going from a, a million dollar asset to a two, two and a half million dollar asset by using leverage, um, you know, that's very common, right? Mm-hmm. You sell a deal for a million dollars and then put the client into two one million dollar deals or one two and a half million dollar deal you know so um that's that's one of the benefits of the 1031 exchange and people you know they have debt coming due right they're going to refinance anyway why not sell take that equity Mm -hmm. you're going to get a new loan right you're going to get better terms for a, a, a better credit or a better lease so you know every situation is a little bit different but if you again let us do an analysis and we can talk it through. We can talk to the banks, get a quote of what the replacement would look like, and compare apples to apples, and you can have a real fruitful conversation on, on strategy. Absolutely. No question about that. And, again, if anybody watching this has a property, they don't know what it's worth, or they'd like an updated proposal, please, by all means, reach out. At the very least, you'll walk away with, a, with a more education and uh, be able to make a decision that, that makes the most sense for you. So, listen, Ryan, you've got a tremendous amount of experience, an incredible track record, background in, in, in finance. You've got a, a, a very successful brokerage, you know, probably 25, 30 agents. You're a great trainer, a great coach. You've learned a lot, I'm sure. I would love, based on all that experience, for you to share your top three pieces of advice with our viewers. Well, the first and foremost is um, always act in a, in a fishbowl-like manner. I tell my guys all the time, you know, you want to act above board. Uh, do the right things and and really really do what you say you're going to do. Um, second, you know I, I preach to a lot of the guys in the office. You know, make hay while the sun shines is what one of my mentors said to me. I mean, the market is ripe right now, um, so I, I have guys you know that want to go out and golf for four six hours. You know, I tell them, hey, look, you can golf next year when the market's not as fr- is, is it's not as you know frothy. So. Um, Make hay while the sun shines, you know, grind it out, especially the younger guys that work for us that might not be married or might not have the obligation at home mm-hmm. or the children. You know, um, you know, I, I pretty much work a 50, 60-hour week. Um, when Dino and I were coming through the ropes, uh, when we started at the, at the larger firm down the street, you know, Dino literally slept in his office. <laughs> you know, I mean, we were there on Saturdays from 6 a.m. till midnight. You know, again, wow. it was 2007, 2008, 2009. Those were very tough years. Yeah, yeah. But the strong survived, and, and uh, you know, that's a, a testament to work ethic. Um, and then a third thing that I, I preach all the guys, um, you know, is, is just never give up, right? Um, you know, you, you're going to get knocked down in this industry. You're going to have a bad experience. You're going to have a bad deal. But, uh, you know, you just got to come back hard the next day and, and course correct and, uh, and stay focused and, and, and not give up. There you go. I love it. So act in a fishbowl-like manner. Be above board. Do what you say you're going to do, which is it's so simple but so profound. There are so many people that make promises and don't deliver. Right. If you're just that guy that always does what you say you're going to do, people learn to count on you and, and have expectations, and you're the person that they turn to. Right. Um, make hay while the sun shines. Love that. No better time than now. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line. The best time was probably 20 years ago, right? right? But the, the second best time is right now. And then never give up. I mean, the power of persistence, 
persistence is what beats resistance, and I think that that's what separates the good brokers from you know the great brokers, the ones right. that never give up and keep going. Yeah, I mean, even going through the uh, the Great Depression of 20, 2007, right? Yeah. Um, the market was flooded with brokers. Yeah. You know, 2013, I'd say 80% of them were gone. I'm sure. You know, they just couldn't weather the storm. And we're getting to that again now where there's just so many brokers out there. So, um, you know, if you have a good good niche and you're and you're do those three things, um, you know, you'll build great relationships and, and get results. Yeah, excellent. Love it. Appreciate that. So we've got about a minute and a half left, Ryan. I want to turn the tables. Do you have any questions for me? Well, I want to know how this uh, social media and LinkedIn stuff is working for you and how, how much business you're generating from it. Because I'm, I'm very, as you know, I'm, I'm a, at 43 years old, I'm the oldest guy at Encore. So I'm a little bit uh, slow in the social media arena. How's that working for you and uh, what kind of results have you seen? Yeah, great question. So I'll tell you, I mean, it, it's, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, they say that it's not, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I think today that's even different. It's not, not who you know, it's who knows you. Right? And I think it's great to, to have that one-on-one. Cold calling is very important in our, in our industry. But with social media and with a show like this, I'm able to get in front of a lot of people at once. I'll give you an example. Right now, I have five listings that all came from social media. Right? Excellent. I had a person that reached out and said, hey, Dan, I've been watching your show. I've got a portfolio of dollar stores we just listed. And they never spoke with this individual in my life. Came wow. from this show. And then another podcast I was on, somebody reached out, same exact thing. Hey, I've been following you. I watch you on LinkedIn like what you're doing, I was able to build that rapport, build that relationship before even meeting someone. So I think that anybody who's watching this, I challenge you to step up and leverage social media because it is incredibly valuable, it's free, and you can use it to build your business as a broker. So hey, listen, Perfect. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. This has been absolutely incredible and I appreciate all the value you've added. Thanks, keep killing it, man. All right, well, hey, I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We'll see you soon.